Now the Grand Poobah is ready to go. I've been called much worse, even by my kids. It's good to be here this morning. Wow, what a, what a powerful worship time, huh? Thank you, worship team. Once again, to come through, really love you very, very much. A uh, lot going on this morning. Uh, at the end of our time together this morning, we've got dream interpretation over here. Uh, if you've been having dreams that seem significant to you and you would like to see what, uh, how those are interpreted according to the word of the Lord, you know that God speaks through dreams. Do you know that? But sometimes we need them interpreted, just like some in the, in the Old Testament needed those dreams interpreted by those who had the ability to do so. And uh, we have a team that's just really prepared for that. We'd love for you to you can just go stand over there. Um, you know, again, a, a lot going on this morning. And for some reason, my iPad doesn't want to stay on. So this is going to be a really interesting morning. But um, I have just a, a, a brief... Um, admonition and declaration to make this morning. But before we do that, uh, I want to, uh, I want to uh, talk about War Chest uh, and the War Chest offering, which is going to be received here this morning. Uh, but, and, and Pat and Stan Sudero, you're here somewhere. I heard you're here, right over here. It's so good to see you guys here in the house. God bless you guys. Love you so much and miss you. Miss you a lot, and then somebody's already mentioned that Sarah's in the room, but oh, we just love Sarah. Thanks for being here, girl. Yeah, she's one of our girls. She's one of ours. And others that have, a few others have come to uh, be a part of Deborah's celebration of 70 years. It's really hard for me to imagine being married to a 70-year-old. When, uh, when I'm not even close to that. Um, I married an older woman. Well, she was older than other women. She wasn't older than me, but not, but not much. We were pretty young, yeah. We got married when I was 10, and she was, uh, she was 13. No, it's, no, she's the greatest in the world. I think, uh, I think God created her to be 70 years old in this day and age. Yeah. Ryan has said it. I've said it so many times. We are our perfect age. We were designed by God, formed in our mother's womb, stitched together by his goodness and by his creativity so that we would be alive in the day and age we're in. It's not an accident. You're alive today. Yeah? So we get, to, we get to celebrate that and come on, you silly little thing here. Oh, well. Well, we'll have fun. You'll see me keep touching it just so it stays on, all right? Uh, so I want to I introduce some people this morning. We're going to receive our war chest offering in a little bit. And just relax. I, I know it's, it's already starting to, you know, move the clock a little bit. But don't worry. I will let you out of here before the game starts. which is at 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> but I, will, I promise to do that. And uh, uh, we're going to have a good time. But I, want, I want, to, want you to see the value of your investment this morning. Our, our war chest offering, as you know, are for projects and uh, events that take place either na- internationally or nationally or even locally. Sometimes we receive the offering uh, to invest in local ministries. Uh, this morning, we're going to be investing in the schools in the Philippines and Fiji and preparing them for uh, what's coming this year in their schools. Uh, and you're going to hear some really cool stuff that's happening. Um, and so we want to we want to get them ready for that. So that'd be our war chest offering this morning. But I, more than anything, I want you to see the value of your investment. You know, you used to see in, along the freeway, you know, the big sign, and there's a lot of construction going on, say, your tax dollars at work, right? Well, I want you to see your giving, your, your generosity at work. So we're going to introduce a couple of, uh, we're going to introduce four people to you this morning, 
And again, relax. I don't have a long word to speak after we're done with this part and actually fits in with it. So just enjoy the morning, okay? Can you do that? Oni, so good to see you there this morning. Would you please come and join me on the platform? Oni Tuenanuya. Oni is is just one of our sweethearts from the great nation of Fiji. Please just come and sit right here. And uh, Basil, Basil Hicks, where are you, Basil? Over here. Come on up, Basil. Basil minister, ministers up in the uh, Round Valley. Uh, come on up. You got it? Yep. All right. Round Valley Reservation. He and his wife. Casanita, where are you? You're here. You're with us. Uh, so she's such a wonderful woman. Please greet her. Would you do that? All right. Well, what a joy to have you both here. And I brought you both up at the same time because it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't let me do it, but you can give it a try. But I do need it back here pretty quickly. No, no. That's not going to work. Yeah. The message on it will probably be better, but that's all right. Well, it's, it's a, such a joy to have you in the house. Um, what some of you might not know is that Basil was one of the early students of our school in Fiji. He's from Fiji. He's actually Samoan, and, uh, but lives in Fiji, and we got to know him. You were, now, you were a talatala then. That means he was already in full-time ministry, recognized as a, as a pastor in the nation at that time um, then, but you came to our school anyway. And I have a question for you. Uh, you. You don't need to worry about turning it on. It's okay. I hope. This is always our hope. You know, this is, uh, the investment that these people here have made in the school in Fiji, was that worth it for you? Uh, yes. Put the, put the mic up there, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, you're going to have to get a little bit more Western than Fijian on this one and kind of, kind of talk about that a little bit. What, what did it mean to you to get in that school, what, what difference did that make for you? Um, I think the difference was it making me think out of my theological box. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, um, um, and I was just sharing, I think, with Clay and Karen this morning that um, when someone preaches or is sharing, you know what, my mind going to this uh, theological mode where I'm doing hermeneutics and exegesis and the whole charade at the same time, looking at the text in, in the context of it, and, and I'm listening and trying to, okay, where's this guy going? And uh, The training helped me to, I was just telling them, like, when Oni came, she started to stir this thing up in me that, that's been embedded there from the first time I came to the training and God was using her to like pry and because you know Taltala that yeah. that taboo you know that um, we have she's a younger lady I'm an elder in the islands yes. you know you don't talk like that to the elders but yeah. only grew up around us we knew her as a yeah. young girl so she yeah. used that to her advantage and I'm going like Oni zip it zip it but that's what was happening, and so it, it started to bring all these um, uh, things that I, I heard and learned, because I came to three of those classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason being is because I knew that there was something more than this, Yeah. and God yeah. was saying to me, uh, and he said it louder now, when Oni came was, Basil, shut your mind off. You need to translate that from your heart. And, and so that's been <laughs> happening. But one, one of the things that uh, uh, happened, Taltala, when I came and went to minister in, um, 
non-valley ones, because of that and being able to be processed in that, and only just mentioned it last week when she was doing the prophetic training about open vision, and so I'm like, okay, so that's open vision. Now this is this, that's that. I'm kind of putting things into context. But, uh, one thing that helped me was uh, when I was growing up, um, I saw this um, Native American, long hair, no shirt on, buckskin pants, sitting on a horse, and he's doing this to me. <laughs> and I'm looking up to the mountain and wondering what's going on. And Cindy was driving, Cindy Pons. And she was talking to me, and she real, probably realized that I wasn't there. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to process this, and like I said, with my theological thinking, and, 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 and then she knew actually that something was happening because I heard this man doing this, and he was going like, and I was chanting it. And then I turned to her and I snapped out of it. I said, hey, Cindy, is there a reservation up this way? She says, yeah, Round Valley. <laughs> but, um, so how long have you been working there now? How many I, years? I, I went there in 2011. 11, so wow. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I've been coming and going. Yeah. And then until when I came in 2015, 16, then I met you in the office and you asked if anyone sponsored me, and I said no. And so, would you like us to sponsor you? And so I've, I've been there since then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you guys. Do you think this was the, worth the investment? Yeah. Come on. Thank you. Got it. Good to go. Thanks, George. Yeah, it, it, it is. And you know, Oni has now joined you for a season, and we invested to bring her there. Yes. so that uh, she could be a part of your ministry there and help you. Yes. Let me ask you, has that investment been worth it? Oh, Taltala, I tell you. It, <laughs> it, it, it's like, um, how do you explain this? It's like, you know how an avalanche starts? It just <laughs> No, uh, seriously, literally, yes. not only with me, because I keep on looking at her and telling her, only... Only, you know, and then she doesn't really care. She just, <laughs> she just goes ahead and speaks into my life and says, no, you need to hear this. This is good for you. And, 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 and I'm trying to tell her, like, enough, enough. And, but but uh, in, in the church as a whole, Taltala, because it sparked something. Yes. She did the one-week training, and she got us to do activation and looking for treasure. And she challenged all of us to get five treasures each before she comes back next Wednesday and continue. Yeah. And minimum of five. Minimum of five. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And so, yes, he's very bossy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I told her the other day, Oni, please just, just zip it. My wife, she, she needs to talk to me. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm here to back her up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so five, five minimum. So we've been going at it, Taltal, and it's been happening. Uh, people been, have been getting saved. Oh, my, my, my first activation happened in the casino. Uh, I didn't go and play. I went to get some money. <laughs> ATM, I just need to clarify yeah, just, that. Just tithe on the winnings, that's all I got to say. <laughs> tithe on the winnings. I went to use the ATM and this, okay, I didn't look for this treasure. She looked for me. Uh, yeah. She came to me and said, are you a pastor? I said, yeah. She said, How do, uh, what can I do to get saved? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. And I mean, it was straight out of the book of Acts and I said, okay, you see not. No, I didn't. So. <laughs> I started to call out like treasure, what Oni was yeah. saying, what I saw in her. And she got very emotional and she said, okay, so now I get saved. When can I get baptized? <laughs> so, and so it's been happening until Thailand. We got one saved on Thursday last week in our prayer meeting. And she uh, shared to her boyfriend. And he's in a, in a prison cell. He calls and says, I want to get saved also. He got <laughs> saved in, in the prison and... Uh, yeah, and um, <laughs> Kasa is like a, 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 a pit bull, you know, you, you know, been unleashed. She's just going at everybody she meets. Like, as soon as she comes into contact with them, she's just like going at it. But 
Yeah, thank God. Thank you. Thank you all for allowing Oni to come because uh, yeah. I, I was telling her, Oni, you got to come back. We, we got to continue <laughs> this. But yes, Tala, it's been yeah. very, uh, That's uh, good. It, it's been very good. valuable. And it's a blessing to us. Yeah, now you, you've done some things here in the last little bit with Christmas. I think we've got some slides here of, of what happened at Christmas time okay. uh, when we invested in that and... and uh, it's a little difficult to see, but there's all the bicycles that were donated by Carrie. Yeah, Salvation Army. Uh, and those were taken up there, and then we took presents and, and gave to that. And you started, a, you started something out of this, and you're a kids' club? Or? Yes. Oni, why don't you tell us about that? This is Oni. Oni is also one of our alumni from our early days. She was there the first school that we did, the first official school that Keith and Heather started uh, in 2009, I believe, yeah, 2009, and you were there. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, she, she is now, leads almost everything over there. Talatala Keeley, he oversees everything, but she's the one that makes it happen. So, <laughs> so tell us about the, what, what you guys started since you've been there. Um, yeah, that, that's the uh, Christmas, uh, they, they call it Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I came in on a Friday night, and this was happening on Sunday. So I, I came in on Friday night, and they were doing rehearsal. So jump straight into it, um, use the guitar, start singing, uh, teach them a um, couple of songs. And then Sunday, Saturday morning when I woke up, the song, This Little Light of Mine, um, came mm. to me, so that afternoon when we started the um, when we did the, another rehearsal, I taught them the song, and um, there's a part in it, um, shine all over, kovalo, yes, and then they have to stamp on the uh, like really hard. <laughs> kovalo and, is uh, where the reservation is. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of the the place. So uh-huh. as soon as they were doing that, I knew something was shifting in the realm. Yeah, and um, it was uh, it was it really impacted uh, the place. Most of those kids don't come to church. Um, their uncle, who's uh, helping him, Clarence, actually asked them to, to come over. Mm-hmm. So the kids, when the kids come, the whole family comes, right? So uh. on that Sunday night, the church was packed with, um, with people from everywhere in, uh, in Kovalo. And they were saying, there's something's happening in that place. And the church was closed for, what, eight years? Mm-hmm. And now um, it's, it's been again. resurrected Mm. Uh, Come on. Yes. Wow. Wow. So you started a kids, a kids club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they usually have a Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, since that happened, the kids are coming as well. So um, uh, we spoke with, uh, with them and Mama Kasa mm-hmm. to, um, why don't we start the kids club? Since the adults are here for their Bible study, we look yeah. after the kids. And, um, and it has started. Um, it led up to these three kids that have been coming, the were yeah. homeless, but now yeah. we finally have provided a Fantastic. home from, from that. Yeah. yeah. And you've, uh, you know, you and I chatted a little bit about um, a, a woman and her children who were rescued, mm-hmm. and you've been able to do that. I mean, they're just touching lives in such real, practical ways that are just phenomenal. Yeah. And we're so we're so proud of both of you, uh, for you and your lovely wife uh, Basil, for the years you've just stuck it out there. You've been there no matter what happened. You've been there no matter who showed up. You've you've been there ministering, and now God is blessing it in a new way, and and brought Oni alongside for this short period of time to just kind of stir things back up again, and challenge everybody there. And and you're seeing breakthrough now, and we're so proud of you. And so thankful. His wife, Kasa, would you stand, please? This, this is one precious, precious woman. We love you so much. You know, they, they stayed in a tent in the cold of the coast for I don't know how long. Three years. They lived in a tent to be able to minister there. And then we, we began to partner with them and some other churches have partnered with them to, to provide them a home there. Uh, again, we're, we're so proud of you. Now, let's, let's talk about Fiji for just a moment because uh, we're getting ready to start the schools in Fiji. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two are, are uh, fruit of our school. 
in that nation, and we're getting ready to kick that off again. We just did a Zoom call with, with the leadership there. And uh, now they had, yeah, there's Keeley, uh, who is, oversees everything. You've met uh, Talatala Keeley. There's Maggie and Mita. Now, Mita got married, right? Uh huh, and she decided that going with her husband was more important than staying with the school. I don't get that, but it's all right. But actually, she's going to come back and teach. I understand, yes. and that's good. And Sai, who's a new yes. a new addition to the team, but she's part of the school also, yes. been a part of the school. Sam and Eva, who you've met before with Sounds of the Nations, also works in the school. All of those are fruit of our school. There, they started in the school as students in the school, and God began to transform them, like like. Like Basil has said, it, it got them out of just their mind. Now, God has given us a mind to think with, right? But let them be dominated by their spirit and let them discover God in fresh new ways. And now they are all part of the leadership team. And I think there, there might be a picture there of, of them. I don't know if we have that or not of the team in Fiji. Maybe not. Um, and so we had a good time chatting with them on the Zoom call this, this week. Uh, and there's some really new things that are going on this year that I think are really fun. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Just what you know, what when's the school going on, uh, and and uh, some of the new things that are happening. Maybe I can in, encourage you in what those are because we we talked about so many things. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The school will be starting on the 27th of uh, next month, 27th of uh, mm-hmm. March, and it's going to go for 10 weeks instead of 12 weeks. 12 weeks usually um, um, three nights, three hours per night. But yeah. now we've um, gone to from 9 o'clock in the morning till 3. Mm-hmm. And it's still three days. And um, Three it, days a week for yeah, 10 weeks. Yeah, so we, we get mm-hmm. more hours this time. Yeah. But yeah, so um, we're doing that in uh, the main uh, school in Lutoka. And then uh, in June, we're going to um, start in Suva, the capital. Capital and that city. has been our prayer to extend mm-hmm. because most of the people there, they couldn't come over. It's yeah. like a four hours drive. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's wonderful. We're going to do that. Apart from that, we also have uh, the online school. So they're going to be mm-hmm. joining us during the class. Yeah. And also, we're going to provide some pre record videos and have the yeah. um, uh, school online for them to yeah. access into um, whenever they want. Uh, during the yeah. COVID, when the uh, shutdown, we we were running um, first time. It was kind of like a trial thing. So mm-hmm. we we did the online school, and um, we were we were blessed to have uh, students from the Solomon Islands, uh, Australia, and even in Canada were joining us in Fiji uh, on the <laughs> online school. That's so yeah. yeah, that's good. So now uh-huh. with um, thank you for all your support and um, financially and prayer, we, we have some uh, equipment yep, that, that will we, better our service. If you remember, we invested one of, some of our war chest offerings getting equipment so that they could go online and upgrade the quality of everything that they do, and they've done it really well. Yeah, so that was yeah. a trial. It went okay, but with new equipment that uh, we have received now, yeah. yeah, it's just going to take yeah. it to another level. So Yeah, I'm going to show you Thank just a quick you. minute of that. Yeah, if you'll show that that uh, that video, please. This is Oni. They did a uh, once, uh, the days fo- leading up to Christmas, they did a just a one-minute thing online just to encourage people leading up to Christmas. It's the city of Lutoko. Uh, yeah. everyone. I'm Maggie from the Mission Fiji. And it's the second day of our Christmas prophetic journey. I just have a message to share with you and encourage you during this time. It's taken from uh, the book of Psalms 107 verse 1. talks about the goodness of God. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. And I believe it's a good time where you and I reflect on the goodness of God, of the many blessings that He has blessed you with, your family, your loved ones, even all the breakthroughs that you've been through in these past years, even till today. So I want to encourage you with that scripture, no matter what you go through, what situation you're in, that the goodness of God wraps you around. God bless you. So that went all over the South Pacific. And uh, they did that on several of the days leading up to Christmas. 
I was really proud of you guys for doing that. It's a little difficult to see the quality of that because of all the lights in the house. But it really is, a, a, if you catch it online, you can go to Mission Fiji and uh, Facebook and you can find it there and you can see the quality that they've, they've been developing as they get used to operating with the new equipment that we've given them. So that's really one of them. And then Sounds of the Nations, which we also partner there, Eva and Sam, uh, lead that. And they're doing, I mean, they're just busting it all over the, all over the nation. Uh, we're so very, very proud of them. Uh, Eva is, is pa- uh, Pastor Keeley's daughter and uh, Sam's son-in-law. And they have, they've, they've been doing this. Uh, one of the things we invested in was instruments for them to be able to teach various instruments over there for the worship teams. And uh, they have been teaching individual instruments to people. They have a guy that comes all the way from Suva. Every week, which is a four-hour, in fact, he's an hour on the other side of Suva. So he drives five hours to come for instruction from Sam and Eva. Uh, I don't know if it's guitar and keyboards, I believe. And he comes all that way once a week just to do that. And he's been doing it for several weeks. So they've been doing that. And then they're, as soon as the school is over in May, our school, the other school is over in May, they're going to kick off a worship school. They already have 40 students registered for it from all over the islands. And they have, oh, by the way, in, in the prophetic school, you have students coming from the Solomons, yes. Solomon Islands. Yes. Yeah, you forgot that. Yeah. We told them yeah. that it's going to be online, but they said, yeah, we know that, but we still want to come. Yeah, still. they still want to come, want to okay. be there in person. So, <laughs> you know, we had, we had a couple come from the Solomon Islands several years ago. Mm-hmm. and went through our school, and they left our school, and we sent them as missionaries to the smallest recognized nation in the world, which is in the South Pacific. It's these three little tiny islands that, are, that uh, I think it's called Tokelau. Is that right? Tokelau. Tokelau. Yeah, and uh, you can't get there unless you're from there. They won't let you on the islands unless you're from there. Well, it just so happened that this one guy coming from the, from the Solomon Islands was from Tokelau. We didn't know it until we started talking about Tokelau, and he, and he said, I'm from there. So we sent him to go there, and he opened the door, on his way, he opened the door to, the, to uh, Samoa so that we now can go into Samoa this year, and he opened that door on his way to Tokelau, and then he went and wrecked Tokelau, you know? <laughs> so it's just amazing what's going on in the South Pacific right now. So we just love, love these guys. And these two right here are so much a fruit of the mission. And I wanted you to see them. You need to see the face of the investment that you make week, month after month, year after year. It really is paying huge dividends. So Lord bless you. Love you guys much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, can I just up- yes, you can. Can I just update uh, the last time I, I came here and I shared about the rugby? Oh, yeah. Please do. There was uh, 2017, I believe. And um, I was leading the, uh, one of the district team, and we won the national competition. You remember? Okay. Out of that team, four were selected to be in the national team that participate in the Olympics. Oh, come on. <laughs> four of the girls went on to the Olympics, and they won silver. Oh, look at that. It, yeah. It was least expected in Fiji for the women's team to because yeah. they were their rank was very low. Uh-huh. But they went um, in 2020, <laughs> and they changed the whole mindset of um, how they see women in Fiji. Oh, come on! And this woman, this place stood tall and just yeah. proclaim what needs to be proclaimed yeah. that Jesus can change lives. Yeah. Jesus can transform nations. So out of the four that went to the Olympics, three went to the Rugby Women's World Cup in New Zealand. And the first time for Fiji Women's 15-a-side team to participate in the World Cup. Um, They ranked number 22, but only 12 teams were supposed to play. So they were qualified from the Oceania to be part of the the World Cup. And um, the last game that they had, they, they Played two. They weren't supposed to play three games in the pool games. So they both lost the two games. The last game, they, they played against uh, South Africa. And 
right at the last minute, South Africa was winning. Right at the last minute, <laughs> the captain of my team, the one that I looked after, scored a winning a, a try, winning try, Come on. in the World Cup, and and lifted Fiji's ranking from 22 to number nine. Now, <laughs> I just want to update that. that. Is, that's great. And that, that, that woman, that the captain of the team that uh, uh, scored that try, and also I, I was also uh, uh, given the task to take the national under-19 team. They recognized my work at the grassroots. So they, they offered me that to take the under-19 to the World Cup uh, competition. So I went in there during the build-up at the president's house to go and... Um, do our tatao, probably kind of like a commissioning uh-huh. from the sure. president of Fiji. Sure. And um, this girl, the captain, she came and she said, I'm in the squad, but uh, my coach is saying, you have to perform. She was having knee problem. I looked at her and I said, you know, way back in 2017, I told you something, that your talent, God, is going to take you to the international level. You prophesied over her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, you are going to the World Cup. She held my hand. People were talking. This is the president's house. Touch her knee. We believe. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't just participate. She won the, the last minute try. She scored the try. She scored the try. And oh, that's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. I, I just on. want to throw that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Just... I wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for your love and support, yeah. your prayers, yeah, thank you. and your um, giving. Thank you. It has made an impact, a great impact in my life, in what I do back home, in the mission Fiji, and now um, impacting Kovalu, uh, Round Valley, in the native community. So the only reason why we're there, because you guys have been lifting us up. Yeah. And I take off my hat for you. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Our victories yeah. is your victory. Well, that's a great testimony on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Thank you. So I think that prophesies that Kansas City will win today. I don't know what that is all about. God bless you. Love you so much. Come on, give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you so much. John and Marcia, quickly come. John and Marcia, you get to celebrate again another couple. Come on, John and Marcia, on up here. Yeah, love you. John, a seat. Um, now, John and Marcia are another um, fruit of our schools, back to our school right here uh, in Vacaville years ago. And so, you know, how long have you guys been ministering now in the Philippines? Gosh. You don't have to turn on anything. It's all good to go. Um, 2000, well, we went there together right? in 2006, I think mm-hmm. it was. And so the third trip I went back there after that was when we moved there. So that was yeah. 2008. Yeah. 2008. Okay, so you've been there a while and ministering in that, that wonderful nation that we've all fallen in love with. We came to school here. I came to school here in 2004. Before we got married. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. following year, um, Marsha came. We were married that summer after first year, and she came and did her first year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's pretty good. I think I, I like being part of that. That's a good story. Hang on to that, Marsha. You're going to need that. I think you're going to need that. Does it make you nervous? I know you. <laughs> well, we love this couple. We've, you know, they've been able to share quite a bit over the years as they've come on weekends. Uh, and um, they're, they're kind of in a different time in their life when uh, their, their kids are in high school. One's in high school. One's coming into high school pretty quick. And they're taking care of her mom and dad uh, who are elderly. So they're, they're paying attention to family, which is really good. But they're going in and out of, of uh, Philippines. Weren't able to go in during the COVID issues. Uh, but John's been able to get back. Oh, you both have been, been there now. 
So that's, that's been pretty cool to have, have you go there. Um, but when you, when you came to Potter's house, what, what, what was the transformation? I mean, yeah, you tell, know, tell us what that meant to you guys. First day Potter's is, house is what we now call the deeper, deeper school. Deeper yeah. school. Um, you know, then it was a nine-month program, Yeah, four days a week, four hours a day. Yeah. And I don't know how I, how I got here, but I remember I walked through these doors, and I didn't know anybody. I came from Southern yeah. California. And I sat down in the back, and um, we started with worship. And every day at Potter's house, we would worship for one hour before we started. Well, that was starting, right? But... I had never in my life worshipped for an hour. Or I mean, we had song service in church where we were like praise time, right? So it's like you know, fifteen minutes, and then and I was like, how am I going to worship for an hour over here? But I remember before we started, you know, I heard the Holy Spirit. He said, "Hey, man, you can come here with all the stuff that you think you already know." And you can sit here with your arms crossed and go, yeah, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. Or, like, what's the worst that happened? If you don't like it, you can leave. And so he's, I said, all right, I'm going to do whatever these guys say. <laughs> I'm going to just do whatever they say. And I got up. And in my old church, sometimes I'd be afraid to raise my hands because I was like, people going to look at me if I raise my hands, you know. And I was like, hey, nobody knows me here. <laughs> I was like, and I see all these people, like, just, you know, praising the Lord. And I was just like, hey, if I act crazy, they're just going to think I'm another one of the crazy guys. So they don't know me, you know. So that was the, that very first day I was just like, I'm just going to say yes to everything. I didn't come all this way. And I remember you said you co- created the context for my experience the very first day. After worship, you came and you said, you're required to do two things here in this school. And that's it. He said, you said the first thing is that you're required to fail. Because the only people that don't fail are the ones who aren't doing anything. And I was just like, true, that's pressure off of me. I'm required to fail, right? Yeah, you can do that really well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm already, I'm used to that, you know. Um, but then you said this. You said, the other thing you need to do is every day you come here, remember the desperation that brought you here. Yeah. Because every single person in that class, you know, I saw Stephen here earlier, and we were talking about that special time. And you couldn't work full time if you took that school. Not traditionally. You had to give up, mm-hmm. you know, 30 hours of your week to be a part of that. You had to give up nine months of whatever you were doing before to be a part of that. And... And that's what I did. I just tried to remember those two things through that first year. And, and I mean, I want to keep talking, but everything we're doing right now, besides the school in the Philippines, from coaching basketball, martial arts, literally all started here. Literally. Coming here gave me the opportunity to coach basketball. Coming here, I was, the first time I'm doing martial arts training is over there in the gym. And, <laughs> You know, and I mean, it's everything yeah. started here, you know, and my marriage, our yeah. marriage started here. And you both got called to go to the Philippines here. Yes, 100%. So the, also the very first day that um, I was here, there was a man named Mark Crawford. Yes, Mark. And <laughs> it was Mark's, uh, I think it was his first time here as well. I think so. And... I just had saw, seen him here. He didn't speak the first day, but the very next day, we're in the upper room, and he's talking about prophecy. And I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> he's going to tell us all the bad things I ever did in my life. <laughs> it's a long list, right? <laughs> and sure enough, you know, he, he, he called on me, and he, he prophesied to me my first prophetic word ever. And he confirmed just coming here. And I still, to this day, read, read it, listen to it, the words that he said. And after that, he told me that he was um, 
did work in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And then in the second year, he invited us. Well, we ended up, again, in Fiji. Yep, that's right. Uh, the second year, our mission trip was to Fiji. Yeah, Marsha and I, as students, we weren't teaching in the school yet or, or helping in the school yet. So we went to Fiji. And our partner in our group was Mark Crawford and another guy. Who was with. And so we just went around together ministering and having this great adventure. Yeah. And after, as that Fiji trip came to end, he said, you guys need to come with us. I think we might have had breakfast together or something. And he said, you, I want you to come with us to the Philippines. And that, yeah. it's all through yeah. Yeah. in here. <laughs> Got anything to say there, Marcia? Come on, girl. I know you do. I do. For me personally, um, what the school did for me was, you know, I, I didn't grow up in church. I grew up um, from San Francisco. Is that um, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I became a Christian just a few months before I started the school here. That's right. So it was a lot. It was a lot. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was such a blessed, blessed time to just be here in this special place. Um, just like John said. Just go use the other one. Yeah, let's, let's kill this one. Yeah. To be worshiping every day and just to be going after these greater things in God. Um, and so, you know, and then on top of all that was, uh, you know, I was a, a newlywed and, you know, I was living in a new town and all that. But, um, you know, I, it was hard. It was really, really rough, but amazing. Such an amazing time. God peeling off all the layers, you know, that didn't serve me anymore. And, you know, me just hearing all these amazing things for the first time in my life, you know, just the nature of God and prophecy. And, and, you know, I I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't raised to, you know, have a personal relationship with God. I never knew that was even possible. So, you know, I I learned um, a lot of the basics and then, man, just like straight to like the accelerated class when I started, um, you know, Potter's house back then. But uh, even now to this day, you know, I, I stand on a lot of the things that I learned. Um, in those early years of me being a Christian, yeah. you know, and yeah. it was just a really, really special time. Awesome. We have a picture of their staff in the Philippines that have hung in there during all of the time that we couldn't get there. Uh, and John and Marcia were able to go and, and do a retreat with them just last year? Mm-hmm. Yes. This summer. Yeah. This last summer. And uh, so that's good. So there, you've got Kim and Carlo. Yes. yes. So tell me just a, real quick. What, who they are and what they, what they do. So um, Kim and Carlo are part of our staff, and Kim and Carlo are also um, products of the school. Yes. You know, our whole staff are products of the school. Yeah. Our whole staff are products of the school. Kim and Carlo, um, Kim is a worship leader, and she's actually um, a professional singer. You know, she's been on yeah, she's Filipino, uh, Filipino Idol. Yeah. Yeah, it's Pinoy Idol there. Yeah. Um, she just... Um, Amazing singer and artist. She leads worship in the school, uh, along with another person I'll talk about later. But um, so Carlo uh, is really cool. He's a, he's a businessman in the Philippines. But what he does is he uh, he works with um, overseas clients and uh, creating content for them for whatever it is that um, their subjects are. But he also during COVID and um, you know, after being in the school, Carlos' heart is to see the nation of the Philippines be free financially. You know, that if you ask him, like, what is his vision? He wants to be a part of seeing people in the Philippines have more opportunities to do the work they want to do to serve people all over the world without having to leave the Philippines if they choose to. It's a big if, deal. So, and which is, you know, if you know anything about the Philippines, like, um, we get about 10% of what they would, like the GMP from remittances from overseas. It is in the culture to um, take your education, or even if you don't have education, leave the country to find opportunity. And this has created a generation of a lot of people who grow up in single family homes Mm -hmm. or homes without parents that are being raised by grandparents and things like that. So this is one of the things that's really on Carlo's heart to um, create a platform that will help people gain the skills and the abilities to um, not have to leave. And he's doing that right now. He's been really successful. And one of the main things he's done in working with freelancers is... Teach them about who they are in God. You know, teach them about who God says that they are. 
You know, one of his uh, most successful courses and things that have really blown up is this thing he does called the Fearless Challenge. And much like what we do in, in the deeper school, you know, attacking these things that the, the world tells us of why it makes us uh-huh. insecure, things that we have to fear. You know, he's taken those things from deeper and put them in a context that can help you yeah. know that you're valuable and that you have something to bring to the table, but that it comes from God and your dest- who you're destined to be. So that's blown up. And so they're really been... Um, uh, just a great part of, of our team. And we're looking to take those type of things and um, some of the platforms that he's created and do kind of follow like Fiji and bring ourselves online and, you know, things like that. So we're very, very excited about the future for that. Carlo and Kim yeah. are a big part of that. Yeah. And then you have May yeah. mm-hmm. and you have uh, Annalisa and Randy. Get, and Randy yeah. And then... I'm forgetting somebody, yeah? Jackie's here now. Oh, that's right. Jackie, who was part of the leadership team, part of the school and then became part of the leadership, married a man from here mm-hmm. who was our uh, facilities coordinator here. And then they Jonathan. now live in Fresno. Yeah. They got married and now live in Fresno. So we're just everywhere. You're everywhere. You know, just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, we're just so proud of you guys and thankful. And I know you got school. Yeah, you got a... a an uh, intensive coming up mm-hmm. here pretty soon. And then you guys are going to go back for the school in June, yes. July. And we're hoping to take a team. So if you're interested please. in going to the Philippines this summer, please let me know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at that. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Right. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, are they worth the investment? <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right, now that you're all worried about the time, please relax. Huh? In in just a moment, we're going to receive uh, our war chest offering, but I want to to bring a word to you before we do that, and we'll just receive our offering as the last thing we do today, about 2.35. Deb and I sat in one of the first years of our school here over in the other building and it was a first year students and we were sharing, Deb was sharing her um, story of how I asked her to marry me. And uh, I I don't really have time to to tell all of that. It was quite a story. Uh, But one of the aspects of that is Deb was so surprised that I had asked her to marry me because I had, had preached to her all along our dating time that I was a bachelor and I wanted to travel in the nation. I wanted to travel in the nation of the United States and preaching the gospel and that marriage would just get in the way. (laughs) Yeah. So how's that working for me now? 50, 52 years later, you know? Um, And so she was surprised at that. Well, she was telling that story in that part of the story. It suddenly hit me that one of the dreams, because I'd had that dream as a young boy all the way growing up. And then we began, we got married and we got ministering in in a church, pastoring churches. And, you know, all of that dream just kind of went by the wayside. But I realized in that moment that I had forgotten the dream for 24 years, but God had not forgotten that dream. And as I was sitting there, I was fulfilling my dream because I was not only traveling in the nation, I was traveling in the nations and that school and, and these international students coming were part of the dream. And we'd started our school in Fiji, started traveling in these other nations. And I was so overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I started weeping uncontrollably. It was, it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing beautiful about it. And I'm looking at the students and they're like going like, why did we come to this school where this middle-aged man breaks down emotionally? What on earth are we doing here? But I was just so overwhelmed. 
And here's, here's what I want to say to us this morning. There's a passage in Psalms 137. The nation of Israel had been taken into captivity. They had lost, they had huge losses. They'd lost everything. They lost their homes. They lost members of their family. They, they lost their autonomy. They were now slaves in another nation. It was, a, it was a difficult, difficult time. Circumstances were very, very hard. And it says in Psalms 137 that by the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept as we remembered Zion, what, as we remembered what we had, what we had lost. And we hung our harps on the willow in the midst of Babylon. The harps represent a lot of things, but the nation of Israel was the, was the nation that had been handed the revelation of God. They were a nation of signs, wonders, and miracles. They were a nation of breakthroughs, of redemption. And yet they took that message, they took their dreams, and they hung them on the willow because of the circumstances of their life. It's time for us to dream again. It's time for you and me to remember the dreams of our childhood, to remember the heart dreams that God has placed in our heart that have been battered by the circumstances we've been living in. And once again, engage in those dreams. It's time. Are we going to believe the word of the Lord? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. Parish, you said it this morning. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's time to dream again. It's time, time to take our harps that have been hung because of the circumstances, the losses. And this is for both the corporate church here, this body, this family of believers, but it's also for us individually. We've had losses in the last two years. Do you know that 32 families that were either members, official members of the church or official members of the Friends of the Mission moved out of California in the last two years? 32 families. You wonder why there are empty chairs. 32 families. That's not counting the ones who were not official members, who were part of our body. Losses. We've lost through tragedy. People. It's been times of losses. And we're at a place where we get to choose now. Are we going to hang our harps on the willow? Or are we going to tune our harps? And play the song of the Lord. Are we going to once again dream again? It's our time to do that. We have to choose. Difficult circumstances are one of the enemies of our dreams. The other two are time delay, right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And the other thing are the critics. Sometimes they're well-meaning people, but most often they're just people who don't have their own dreams and so they'll criticize yours. Those three things often stand against us and they, and they try to cause us to walk in fear, disillusionment, to feel like disoriented, right? Every tick of the clock, every turn of the calendar says it's never gonna happen. Right? Every critic who says, you don't understand, you're, you don't have enough to do what you want to do. Well, let me tell you something about God dreams. You'll never have enough until you start stepping into that dream and watch God provide. And circumstances that said it just can't, isn't possible. Those three things are, are, are combating against the dreams of this house and against your dreams as an individual. And we've, had, we've been disoriented. We've had times of just what is going on, right? What's going to happen next? 
What, what's the next virus? Are we ever going to have enough toilet paper? Are we ever going to have enough baby formula? Are, are you hearing me? And they attempt to distract us and turn our eyes off of the promises that God has for us. To be salt and light, to change our world, to be world changers. Instead, it wants us to be world dominated. These are realities. But here's what's important. We get to choose. We get to choose. Will the critics determine our future? Will the circumstances dictate our response? Will delay be allowed to lead us into discouragement? I can't speak for anybody else but myself, my family, and the leadership of this church. As for me and my house, we will dream again. We are dreaming again. We haven't stopped, but we're going to step up. We're going to tune our harps, not hang them on the willows. But here's, here's some really good news. That which was meant for our harm is being turned for our good. See, the critic is in our lives to cause us to rise up on the inside and declare, the Lord has said. I know what you're trying to say, but the Lord has said. I, I sat right, right down there a couple of months ago wondering, God, what are you doing? And hearing the Lord said, do you believe my word? And do you trust me? That's the issue. Do we believe his word and do we trust him? When we have that in our heart, we can look at the critic and say, not on my watch. The circumstances we face are a tool to prepare us to carry the weight of our dreams. You know, we don't understand that we're not ready for the dreams most of the time. And those circumstances are there to hone us and to shape us into the people that can carry the weight of the dreams he wants to give us. (laughs) He wants us to take new territory. We've got to be ready for it. And the delay that tries to wear us out is actually the testing ground of our faith and patience. The word says, through faith and patience, they received the promise. We love the faith part. We don't like the patience part. He's preparing things. He's moving the puzzle around, the pieces to fit, and that takes time. We just have to have patience. So I'm going to finish. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. I promised myself I wouldn't go this late. You with me still? All right. Psalms 126, just a powerful passage. It's, it's the following of what happened to the nation of Israel. It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. What does that mean? It means like it was just too good to be true. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Let's be those are like those who dream. Can we do that? Worship team, quickly, very quickly. Run, run, run. If we're especially, I'm going to blame it on you. How do we do this? How do we do this? Man, there is so much in my heart to share with you on dreaming. Maybe I'll have some times to do that. I just, you know, I've spent a large part of my life studying what it is to dream and going after dreams and I was going to read some of this, The Power of Your Life Message, which is really my book on dreaming with God and what God can do if we're willing to step in faith with him and have hope. And I encourage you to get it, not because I get any money. Actually, the, the books that are in the bookstore, I don't get any money out of those right now. So just, be, just go and get one and, and be encouraged to dream again. You'll, hear, you'll read stories in here of what God has done. And it's not so that we can look back and say, that was wonderful. But we look at it and say, if God did it then, he can do it again. He can do it again. 
one of the main ways that we can begin to dream again. Listen, it's, it's so easy to lock our dreams into a closet because circumstances delay and the critics have so pummeled us, we thought, we just, just, it's over. I'm going to just put it away. It's too painful to keep believing. Anybody, am I talking to anybody? Just too painful to keep believing. It's time to take those out of the closet. One of the ways we do that, Ryan's been hitting it during the first part of this year over and over and over again. We need to really catch it. We need to stop blaming our circumstances. We need to start uh, stop accusing our critics. And we need to just start thanking God. Because that's how you step into delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. We get distracted and we stop delighting in Him. And we start magnifying the problems and the issues and the circumstances and the time that it's taking. And when we magnify those things, we stop delighting ourselves in the Lord and the goodness of God. It's time to re-engage in the goodness of God. Re-engage and delight ourselves in Him with thanksgiving. So why don't you stand with me, and we're going we're gonna to do a delight declaration. I don't have it. I don't have it on the screen, so you're going to have to follow me. All right? And if I say something you don't want to say, don't say it. Because you're making a declaration of the atmosphere. It's going to spark things inside of you. It's going to reignite dreams in you. You ready? Nice and loud now. Father, I delight myself in you today. I delight in your love. In your mercy in your compassion and your faithfulness. I live in the joy you have planned for me. I live in the opportunities you have made available and in the promises you are fulfilling in this day. Are you saying that with faith now? I take pleasure in your goodness. And I delight myself in you. And I take my dreams off the shelf. And I choose to dream again. Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) So here's what I want to pray for you. I want to pray for courage. (laughs) You're going to need it. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. How many of you realized as we were just sharing for these few minutes, you have a dream that you put away and you want it to reignite? Would you just lift your hands? Lift your hands. Come on. Yeah. This is so important. I stood, we stood here years ago and we said to the people of this congregation, you have the, you have the permission to have your own dreams. There is the dream of the house that you're all part of, but you also have your own dreams. You have permission to do that. So I want to pray for you right now for courage. Father, I pray, thank you so much that you are really the king of this house. You are the Lord of this house. And you have said, you have said, you have said that the day of being fear-led is over. You have said it's a time of multiplication. You have said it's a time of adding, not subtracting. You have said it. And we declare it today, but we ask for your courage to walk into it. To step into the dreams that you've placed in our hearts. We love you so much. We thank you so much for what you've done. And we turn our hearts towards you. To delight in you today. In everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All right. Come on, we want to invest in these nations so that their school goes forward. This will help us send Oni back to the school in Fiji. This will also help us send John and Marcia to the school, to do the school in the summer. And it will help facilitate all that they're doing. So get your your war chest off and ready. 
then come on down and give. Come on. You can give online to Spark and War Chest. And then Dream Interpretation is available over there. The team is already over there and ready for you. Thank you so much for your patience this morning.